I sound like a broken record. I've been doing this for 18 years. I have never seen a market like this in my life. Home values have generally been skyrocketing the last couple of years. And with interest rates being so low, I, I've actually seen refinances where people are able to cash out that newly found equity in their homes, do home improvements, whatever it may be, and still save money per month compared to what their prior mortgage payment was. I like to see it as my job is to present you with a few different options. I step back, I let you decide, and I'll let you call me when you want to move forward. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed Mortgage Banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. Today's show is pre-recorded, so we're not going to be able to take your great calls, but stay tuned. This is actually one of our best shows. This is Ed Stetzer Live coming to you this and every Saturday at this time on Moody Radio. Our partners, our affiliates, oh, all kinds of fun places, 150 outlets to listen to. And of course, as always, you can go to the Moody Radio app, download the podcast. Matter of fact, if you're just driving right now and you're like, this could be an interesting show, and you're like, but I'm not normally driving this time Saturday, then this is your opportunity to subscribe to the podcast at all the places that you listen to podcasts, all the all the places the cool kids download the streaming videos and streaming audios and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, so I'm actually in Annapolis, Maryland. One of the things I love about Ed Central Live, we have this amazing crew, this amazing team. They get stuff done. Courtney Young, he's our engineer. Karen Hendren, he's our producer. Claire Seagard, man in the phones. But I can go pretty much anywhere. So I've been in Denver lately, so you may have noticed that we did some shows from Denver. Um, I'm making the assumption that all of you listen every week and never miss a show. Uh, but now I'm in Annapolis, Maryland. And why am I in Annapolis, Maryland? You may be wondering, am I, am I joining the Naval Academy? No, no, too old for the Naval Academy. But but actually, I'm here at a missions conference. And, uh, and I want to tell you a little bit about it. And then, uh, But first, let me tell you a little bit what we're going to talk about today. So workplace is an interesting conversation for many Christians today. For many Christians, they maybe think that, they should love Jesus, and they should work, and they should work because they have to work, and then they have to work so they can give money to the church so good things can happen to the church where they volunteer. And I think that that's, those motivations are not bad. Those are some good things in that sense. However, that's sometimes discounts for some people the value of work itself, um, the, the value of vocation, and why we might ultimately see this as a good thing. Um, work is not a result of the fall. Work is a good thing, and ultimately God uses it, and what a privilege we have. Yet, it, it seems that too often um, Christians maybe see work as a uh, means to an end, so I can make money and have time to volunteer. As a matter of fact, when I was a new Burger King manager at 19 years of age back in the day, I just talked about here at the uh, Bay Area Community Church at the Souls Mission Conference, I talked about my vast experience as an assistant night manager at Burger King. And uh, when I did, one of the things I didn't say to them, because I didn't want to, you know, I'll say it to you, because I, you know, this is much more secret being on 150 radio outlets. Um, one thing I didn't say to them is one of the things my manager said to me was that I don't want you to hire a lot of church kids because, and I was kind of a church kid. I was in college at the time, but, you know, committed Christian. He knew it. I worked in there since I was, I don't know, a couple of years. He said, I don't want you to hire a bunch of church kids because church kids don't work hard. And at first I was like, is he like persecuting? You know, that's what a lot of Christians would do when they said, don't hire Christians is because, um, you know, we'd be persecuted. No, because 
they were seen as lazy. And so when we talk about work, we need to acknowledge that part of our work should be done with excellence, right? We should be the best accountants, the best bankers, the best shoemakers, the best production line assistant, whatever else may be, because that excellence honors God in what we do. But that's not all there is to it. Uh, that that affirming hmm, in the background was my guest, so we're going to get to him in just a moment. But he's affirming, and I appreciate the hmm that we heard back there, Pastor Greg. Um, so, but that's a pastor thing. We we grunt at each other when we agree. But um, but the challenge doesn't end there, because ultimately, I need a theology of work. I need to understand what work is. Why 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 would why would we value that? Isn't heaven basically sitting on a cloud playing a harp, no one working anymore? And the answer actually is is no. And then the question is, what about my witness at work? Right. So Billy Graham is all the time I go places. And because I serve with the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center, someone will say to me, uh, you know, Billy Graham said the last great frontier is the nine to five window. And and one of the things I found is, is that when you have, you know, amazing Christian leaders like Billy Graham, uh, people do remember. And it's like, you know, and I hear you, Bill Bright says something similar. He used, used to lead Campus Crusade. So so there's a sense that the workplace is, and I really believe it is, Lausanne Global, Lausanne Movement. You can Google just the Lausanne Movement. You'll find uh, we had a global workplace forum in the Philippines in the before time, before the pandemic, because this really is a major area we want to focus on, and that's what we're going to focus on today. Now, to do that, that's part of what I've been asked to talk about here at the Souls Conference. This is at a Bay Area Community Church uh, in Annapolis, Maryland, and my guests are both related to the Bay Area Community Church. They are first Phil Helms, but Phil Helms is is uh, is a little different in how he works. I'm going to explain that in just a minute. But he's a business leader, executive market director for Chubb International. Served on church staff as a youth pastor, associate pastor, a mission pastor. More than 25 years experience in global missions. Believes that every believer has a responsibility to reach the nations in their generation. And then Greg St. Cyr is actually the pastor here at Bay Area as well. So I'm super excited to have both of them. Greg's actually one of my former students, so that's super fun. But Greg, let's start with you. Why do you think it's important that Christians should think about their workplace more intentionally and more biblically? Yeah, well, basically, when the Lord gave the Great Commission, he gave a holistic, comprehensive commission to us. I think one of the challenges that we face is a lack of an understanding of a theology of the kingdom of God. When we understand the kingdom of God to be the reign of Jesus over every area of society, over all spheres of life, that broadens our perspectives and makes ministry more than what, as you were talking earlier today at the Souls Conference, Ed, more than just what the clergy would do. Yeah, I think that's key because part of what, you know, one of the things I say in the in the talk I just gave was that every Christian uh, is a minister and every every Christian is sent on mission. You know, every member minister, every mis- every member on mission. And that does require us to break down some categories, right? And to recognize that, Greg, you're a pastor. Philip, you've been a pastor. You know, most people who have been a pastor aren't a pastor because of something bad. So in other words, they gave up or they redirected. But we're going to talk about you in just a moment. But... Um, Greg, your desire to equip people, you're at Annapolis. I mean, Annapolis is, you know, significant Navy town, you know, Naval Academy year, all that sort of stuff. A lot of high-end leaders. 
What do you want from them? Do they just volunteer? Is that all you're looking for them? Or yeah. what are you looking for them to do in their workplaces? Well, there are a lot of leaders here in Annapolis. We're right next to Washington, D.C., next to Baltimore. It's the capital of Maryland, the Naval Academy, all of these things. What I have found is that if men and women do not embrace their workplace as their primary calling or one of their primary callings, then they they never really find the kind of meaning in uh, their walk with Jesus that he intended. Their mission field uh, really needs to be broadened out beyond a Sunday morning experience. Okay, so so then that takes place some in the workplace. Absolutely. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about that some first. Uh, I mentioned Philip Helms. Um, Philip, you've been on staff of a church, and now you're not on staff of a church. You know, people hear that and they're like, well, they did not work out, et cetera, et cetera. Yet in the New Testament, Paul goes in and out of vocational ministry. Paul's a business leader and more. So let's talk a little bit about your job, Chubb. Chubb yeah. International, it sounds like a place that makes unhealthy snacks. So what is <laughs> Chubb International? Uh, Chubb is the largest property and casualty um, insurance company in the world. Okay. And so you work there. I work there. Um, and yet you're kind of a pastor type. So how do you do – I mean, you're the one who actually invited me to this conference. You're the one who's been emailing all the details. Um, so, so how do you see your role as someone who's an executive at Chubb and someone who's serving in a local church and how those relate or not? You know, in my life, I just, I just honestly believe that, you know, I'm a sent one that, that God has called us out and that I don't compartmentalize my life. And um, I try to live in the identity of Christ, who Christ has created us to be, and and that my purpose is to bring glory to him no matter where we are. And then the role that we have is just where he's placed us in our life. So sometimes people have the opportunity to be a pastor. Sometimes people have the opportunity to be a market director at, uh, for an insurance company. And, but it doesn't really matter where we are if we understand our identity and, and the purpose that okay, we have. Okay, but everybody, it seems to me, that every at some point, every pe- person who really loves Jesus comes to me as a pastor over the years and says, I bet all kinds of people have had this experience. And they say, you know, I, 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 maybe God's calling me to ministry. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I often say, not always, but I often say is, well, maybe God's calling you to be a really great business account executive for your marketing firm. Or maybe God's calling you to be a really great lawyer for his glory. And and because um, I often say to people, if you can do anything else other than being a pastor, you should do that. There's a call that needs to be drawn there. So why are so many people who love Jesus why do all the, I mean, maybe maybe that's not being experienced. Why do they have this crisis of, should I be a pastor if I love Jesus this much? I think we don't understand the call to ministry. Okay. I think, you know, for me, ministry is where we are, where our feet are planted every day. And and I think sometimes in our churches, uh, one of the things that we've done here at Bay Area is we, we don't do this, but one of the things I've seen in a lot of churches is that we can, we, um, we, we glorify the people on the platform uh, on a Sunday morning, and then everyone else thinks that they provide for what, what happens on Sunday. Um, and, and we don't understand that we're all called to ministry no matter where we are, no matter what our platform is. And my platform just happens to be in the, in, in the business world, but ministry happens every day. Yeah, but how are you, so how are you doing ministry? How are you doing ministry in that ministry world? I think that's a key question. I want us to yeah. come back to that. And because I, I want us to think through what does that look like? And also, too, I'd love to hear from our callers as well. Let me remind you that you can call us at 877-548-3675. I'd love to hear what you're thinking about. How do you use your gifts? How do you serve the Lord in your workplace? Maybe you're driving truck. Maybe you're uh, you know, serving in, a, in an office. Maybe working in a factory, whatever it may be. 877-548-3675. We're having this conversation about how God uses us in the business world. We'd love to hear from you. 877 548 3675.
Today's show is pre-recorded, so we're not going to be able to take your great calls, but stay tuned. This is actually one of our best shows. Hey, we're back. This is Ed Stetzer Live. My name is Ed Stetzer. I do lead the Wheaton College uh, Billy Graham Center and so excited to be here at the Souls Missions Conference at Bay Area Community Church, uh, where we're actually talking about engaging all God's people in God's mission and having a, a good, I think, helpful conversation this morning. We're actually live right now. Their team here has done a great job. Let me also mention uh, some of their team, for example, Michelle Rollins has done a great job here making sure all the magic is set up and rocking and rolling. And we have we b- b- pulled in Greg St. Cyr, uh, who's a lead pastor here, to join us in our conversation. Greg, I want to come to you. So um, what do you think is a realistic expectation for someone in the workplace to represent Jesus and his kingdom there in a time when sometimes people are uncomfortable about these things, you're not even supposed to. Some people think you're not supposed to talk about religion at work and and more. So what's what can and should the normal everyday Christian be thinking or doing in the workplace? Yeah, I would begin Ed really by focusing on our primary calling, and that's our relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Every individual needs to fully develop and grow in their relationship with Him, and then it's out of that posture where our mindset should be according to one of your favorite verses, if not your very favorite verse. If I recall from our class time together, John 20, 21, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. All of us should see ourselves as sent ones. And so where is the mission field? Where our mission field is 24-7, wherever the Lord has us. So like, for example, here in Annapolis, we've got a number of of uh, military officers, naval officers who teach at the Naval Academy. There's executives that work in D.C., uh, people that work in politics, a lot of teachers here. All of them need to see themselves as the life of Jesus flowing through us, reaching those whom whom Jesus has brought into their into their field of, of ministry. So they then becomes, become people on mission in their context. That's right. And I will tell you, one of the things I think we're facing in the future is an increasingly negative perception of the church, because the church is now, uh, well, you know, scandals haven't helped, but they also the church is now outside of the cultural mainstream on issues of morality and other issues. And so people may be less likely to come to Bay Area Community Church or to, to my church, High Point Church, but they might be uh, more likely to see the hardworking co-worker. Notice I put in hardworking co-worker, you know, you being the one who's always, you know, there's a, in the, in the TV show, The Office, there's a Christian character, and she's not the best example that's in that conversation. So, um, but the hardworking Christian character, not the Angela from the office, but the hardworking Christian at the office who is there for, you know, people when they're hurting and struggling and more and showing and sharing the love of Jesus. Yes? No question about it. And someone that does their work unto the Lord, so there's a high degree of excellence. They take, and I'll use the word pride in a healthy sense, they take pride in their work because they're ultimately working for an audience of one, the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, that is a powerful testimony. But I totally agree with you, Ed, in that uh, it's such a VUCA world, such a complex world. Uh, Christians are not looked at favorably. And so we need really God's wisdom to know how do I engage. It's good. VUCA, by the way, for those who don't normally use that word in the military, that's a term. It's actually from the Army War College, which is now used everywhere. It stands for uh, volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. 
VUCA. It's an acronym that's there. Okay, so let's let, let's talk a little bit with you, Philip. Um, so here you're at your workplace, Chubb uh, International. And so, so what, I mean, people know you're a Christian. Do you talk about that? Do you feel free to talk about that? What do they mainly know you as, how they relate to you? Yeah, so when when I'm introduced, you know, uh, when I was introduced to my company, they, they allowed me to introduce myself as far as, you know, my likes, my dislikes, my, my loyalties and things like that. So I'm always able to to share a little bit about my faith as I as I as I begin my career or my my next role in in a company, because um, I'm just sharing about my life and who I am and the things that are important to me. So from there, you know, you just again, as Greg said just a minute ago, we have to make sure that we're serving and we're living um, our life before people, so that when questions come up, they know that they can come to you and talk. Yeah. To so you. no. So Chubb isn't like Chick Fil A. Like Chick Fil A, no. you kind of expect people to talk about Jesus. Right. Chubb is Swiss-owned company, um, you know, global conglomerate. Um, so so you're into this space. You're okay identifying as a Christian. You don't think that's going to get you in some trouble. Um, and so so then you do a good job. You work hard. People see the relationship. Do you have the opportunity to share the gospel in any context? I, you know, not not publicly necessarily um, with with everyone on a conference call or right, anything right, like that. Sure, but of sure. course, you know, as, as, uh, you're, you're around people and, um, getting to spend time with you, they begin to ask you questions like, why are you, your life seems a bit a little different. They know that I do a lot of mission trips. They know that I do a lot of work with our church. They know that church is, um, very important part of our life. Faith is a very important part of our life. So usually when I take a vacation, it's taking a vacation to go, you know, to the international mission field to, to work with one of our global partners or something like that. So people ask questions at that point. Fascinating. You know, for example, my former supervisor was a person who was not a believer. And when I would talk to him about my trips, he believed in me. And so he would he would start, how can I be a part of what you're doing? Don't so wait a second, so he's not a Christian. Not a Christian, right. And he's wanting to be a part of your mission trips. Right, yeah. So he would, he would donate to trips. I woke up one morning, um, and I had a lot of lot of uh we we talk about fundraising at bay area because we think everybody should be a part of right. of of your trips and so i woke up one morning and several several donations had come in and it was employees in our company oh wow and in, in another and it was another company but and one of the employees said that my supervisor had reached out to everyone no. underneath him and said you guys need to support this so <laughs> which which you have to be careful what is your supervisor right, people yep. to support this but they're supporting a mission trip right so so part of it has to be though you know Jesus talks about they'll see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven they have to see what you're doing in some way in a positive light so how do they get to that? Is that just because they know you and see you positively? I think I think that's what happens over time. Um, you know, the longer you're with a company, the longer you're with people, the longer you try to be the same person around them. Um, as every time that you're with them, they see the same person. Um, it, it makes a difference in their life, and they want to, they want to be involved with what's going on. They they know that something's different, and maybe they can't really put their finger on it, but they they want to be involved with that. Fascinating and fascinating helpful. Okay, good. So let's let's take some calls. Let me remind you as well. We're just talking about workplace and how do we honor the Lord in our workplace. I love, Greg, I want to come back to your comment about the kingdom of God in just a moment, how we're a representative, a citizen, an ambassador of the kingdom of God. But I'd love to hear from our audience how you are seeking to live that out as well. 877-548-3675. Again, that's 877-548-3675. So, Greg, just touch base, then we'll get to jump to the calls. I'll touch base on that kingdom of God idea. So 
Uh, this is not just a concept. The kingdom is broken into the world. We're citizens of the kingdom. What does it mean to be a kingdom yeah. example at work? Well, just briefly, of course, we have the already not yet aspect. Yeah. Explain a little are, bit about that. The, right? Well, there's the conviction that the kingdom is already here, yet it's not here in its fullness. One day Jesus will come back and perfectly usher in the kingdom. But in the mi- meantime, in the midst of a fallen world, all of us are called to be signpost agents of the kingdom of God so that as the watching world actually looks at our life, they see a distinct life that would be lived out as if Jesus Christ were living his life in us and through us. I love it. So we're representing Jesus and his kingdom at our workplace. That's exactly okay, right. Now, Greg, to you, because that's not just through our verbal witness, though it is through our verbal witness. What other ways evangelism, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. I'm sorry, I said, I said Greg and I looked at Philip. So, Philip, so evangelism I want to talk about in just a minute. But before you get to evangelism, or as you get to evangelism, what other ways are important to be a kingdom example? Well, again, uh, Lauren Cunningham, who is the founder of uh, Youth with a Mission, said, you know, you find your gifts by serving, not searching. And and I think so many times, you know, God has gifted us in certain ways. And, and, and I think a lot of times we think that we just use those between 9 and 12 on Sunday morning. And that as believers, that that makes our life really unfulfilling. You know, 65% of our time is spent at work. I spend more time at work than I do with my family, mm. than I do with my church, than I do with my kids, than I do with my own recreation. And if I don't understand my, my work as calling or my work as ministry, my work as mission, then, of course, I'm going to be unfulfilled. Um, so in, just in every aspect of what we do, every aspect of uh, writing a report, every aspect of, of uh, being on a Zoom call lately, um, every aspect of um, um, having to talk to someone about employment or termination, that you just try to represent Christ in your speech, how you talk to them, mm. um, how you communicate with them, how you have compassion for where, they're, where they are in life. That's good. Now, I want to get to sharing the gospel in just a minute, but let's take some calls. Let's go to Leela in Tulsa, Alabama. Excuse me, Tulsa, Alabama. I was, you guys we're talking about Alabama football too much, and so now I know about Alabama football, but it's 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 Leela in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You're live on the air, Leela. Yes. Hi. Nice. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I was just speaking with the gentleman before, you know, he asked me what you want to talk about, and I do agree with uh, your the person that you're speaking with that we are we're called, okay? We're called out, and we're called to a mission. And and I think that you all were asking, what do you do? Well, I'm a registered nurse, and I've been working for 25 years, so I consider myself a servant. But when you go on this job, you're there to work, and you're working unto God, not unto man, and you're not going over there trying to cause a bunch of drama and a bunch of, you know, mess and all that kind of get in a bunch of mess and stuff that people are going through, challenges, but you're there to shine a light. You're there to represent Christ. And as he said, as a servant, you're working there, 65% of your life is there. So if you're not doing what God has placed you to do, then you're, you're, you're going to be unfulfilled, you're going to be miserable, and people are not going to want to, if they do know you're a Christian, they're going to say, well, I don't want to be in that church. What church is she in? You see what I'm saying? Right. And then likewise, yep. you cannot, uh, due to the fact that there are laws, you cannot prophesize anybody, you know, or lay your hands on you and all that kind of stuff. But I've had people say, well, you pray for me, and I don't know why. You know, I don't have no halo on my head or anything. I work at night. But I said, sure, I'll, I'll set up a prayer for you. And if it's a coworker, uh, and I be careful about being male and female, you know, because you can get all messed up and that kind of stuff. But let's say it's, you're a female, and, and I wanted to speak to you. I could speak to you outside of work. 
you know, just take a few minutes. We can go yep. get some coffee or something like that and build a relationship. And when you start asking me those questions, I can say, well, look, I can't talk to you about it on the job because I can't really. You see what I'm saying? Because I got my mind yep. on this patient. But if you want to talk to me on my phone or, or you can call me or we can get together after work and we can talk about it. So, you you know, your ministry uh, is, is where you are, where God sent you. And like he said, you have to wake up with the Holy Spirit in you, ready to say, Lord, where do you want me to serve? Let me be obedient to your will. And he will help you in that area. Come on, Leela. Come on, Leela. I love, I love it. I love it. Leela, I, I actually just, in the, while we were talking, first of all, I love that you're a nurse. And I love how you are representing Jesus and also working hard, you know, and, and not, you know, and, you know, you got break times. They're one of my favorite videos during the pandemic. And I'm guessing a lot of people saw it. Uh, we're actually, uh, Karen, Karen, our producer is posting it at edstetzerlive.com right now, is the video of the nurses and doctors who just got together and started praying after a shift for, for an end to COVID and more. And so we posted that up there right now. Some of you uh, would have seen it as well. So what a, what a great call, Leela. Super appreciative of your, of your comment. Okay, good. So, so let's talk some. Leela talked about how she kind of feels limited on work time to share the gospel. Um, and you know, she's a nurse. So I'm thinking, you know, when someone's sitting there waiting for their IV, you probably do that. So how do you seek to share the gospel in the workplace? How does that work for you? Yeah, I think we live in a time that we think that, and we're living in a world to where everything is instant gratification. And we, and, and sometimes we're talked about, talked to that every time we come across someone that we, we need to make sure that we're sharing the gospel with them. But she said a key word there too, that she lives in the relationships in which she has, and she builds relationships with people. And and I think sometimes, especially in a um, a producer driven world that I'm in, um, trying to you know you you have certain goals and certain metrics you have to hit every month. Um, we a lot of times people use people as a resource, mm-hmm. and when when people are res- when anything's a resource, when we get finished with it, we you know tear it up and throw it in the garbage. Um, and I think we're living in that time and world today that instead of having relationships, genuine relationships to where a natural flow conversation can come out of, we we simply look at people more as a resource. Mm. And I think if we'll, we'll just get back to the understanding that people are important, relationships are important, and it's not, not to see people as a resource, but to see them as, as a relationship that God's put in your life. And so then, out of that context of that relationship, there is a time and a place when I can share the gospel. Yeah, I think so. I, I think over time, again, it's not immediate gratification. Yeah. It's over time that we're, we're having lunch with them. We're, we're working with them on shift work You know, every single day. They see that difference in your life. They, they want to spend a little bit of time with you, and they, um, and they want to... They want to hear the, hear your story eventually. And I think sometimes we have to ask them their story so that they begin to ask us our story. That's so good. That's so good. We're talking to Greg St. Sear, and who's the pastor of Bay Area Community Church, and Philip Helms, who's a business leader and executive market director for Chubb International. We're at the Souls Missions Conference here at Bay Area in Annapolis, Maryland. We're going to continue our conversation with your calls, 877-548-3675, when we return in just a moment. Today's show is pre-recorded, so we're not going to be able to take your great calls, but stay tuned. This is actually one of our best shows.
We're back. It's Ed Stetzer Live. I'm Ed Stetzer. I lead the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center. In addition to being your host this time every Saturday, as always, make sure you go to edstetzerlive.com. All the show notes, links to the bios. Uh, I mentioned that video. We were talking about Leela in Tulsa, Oklahoma, not Tulsa, Alabama. I wonder if there is a Tulsa, Alabama. Who knows? Who knows? There's some little town somewhere you never know. There's like a Cairo, Georgia. I, I've got. I went. To, I lived in Rome, Georgia, for a while. So Rome, you know, there you go. Um, okay, so we're taking your calls about maybe how you're serving, living, uh, demonstrating the the truths of Christian living in the workplace, and that's our focus today: is the workplace. Uh, your calls are eight seven seven five four eight three six seven five. Again, eight seven seven. Five four eight three six seven five. Now, Greg, uh, Pastor Greg, Pastor Bayer Community Church. We're here at Souls Missions Conference. Philip Helms is with us. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you see Philip doing as someone who's serving in the workplace. Who actually is? A, I mean, who's a? I don't want to say your former pastor because I guess you're still pastoring, but primarily in the workplace. What, what? Tell us a little bit about what you see. Well, I've known Philip for for many many years, and uh, here's the thing that I see about him: Philip is extremely hardworking. He has a huge capacity, and uh, with that hardworking effort that he puts forth, he has tremendous integrity. Uh, His character is one that, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, we all resonate with someone who has a high level of, of, of character, a high level of integrity and trust. And so Philip has the ability to step into that work environment, treat people with a sense of dignity. What that does is, now, uh, you know, other than being an Alabama fan and me being oh, an LSU gosh. fan, right, I had to football. throw that Nobody in. Nobody right? cares yeah, about this. Yeah, I know, this. but I had to throw that in. That's Roll the only tie. point of discord between yes, the two of yes. us. But uh, outside of that, <laughs> uh, what happens is people respect him. And so that creates a platform and environment for him to demonstrate genuine care and to and to bring up spiritual matters with folks, people who will never meet you. Totally. I mean, again, yeah. it's not. I mean, you pastors, we just don't go to work. We're not sitting around the lunchroom. So this window, this nine to five window in missions, we talk about the ten forty window, right? This area of the world that's particularly unreached for the gospel. But this nine to five window, again, using that Billy Graham language, is a key f- mission frontier that needs to be engaged for Christ. Now, it's interesting because there's a lot of talk. Well, is this legal or illegal? And actually. A joint document was put out that included a Christian organization and the American for Civil Liberties, ACLU, that basically said, yes, of course you can talk about your faith in church. You can't talk about your faith to someone who works for you, and you have to say, well, you know, if you become a Christian, then, you know, you get a promotion. But of course you can. This is part of your life, you know, and it's uh, it's generally legal to have in almost every setting, some settings where it's limited. You know, have a, you have a Bible out, have a a little picture of a Bible verse to, to at break time, share why you find your peace and strength in Christ. So there's lots of legal protection here that people don't always know. And there's lots of legal protection. Just be a great employee. The people ask why as well. So what would be if you had this magic ability to speak into, into people in the, in, in the workforce today, what eggs, because that's most of our listeners. Most of our listeners are not pastors. What would you exhort them to do, to consider who they should be as people serving in the workplace to honor the Lord? I just say, be who God's called you to be. Don't try to be something different. Don't try to be everyone else. Try to be who God is, who's called, who he's called you to be. Know your identity. Know that Christ is your life and know that your main purpose in life is to glorify God in all that you do. Don't find your identity in your role. It doesn't matter what you do in life as long as your identity 
is maximized in who Christ is and what he says about us. Um, you know, for instance, in my office, I'll, I have, you, you said things about Bible, little knickknacks sitting around and things like that. I have um, James 127 uh, hanging on my wall, which says pure and undefiled religion is this to care for widows and orphans in times of need. Love that. And my family, we're adoptive and foster parents. And um, so I have it hanging on my wall, but it's in Arabic. And um, because we we do some trips to the to the Middle East, and so it's always a conversation piece. Oh, I when bet people that's come great. In my office and yeah. they look at it. Say, well, tell me about that, and we're able to share why that's important to us. Love that, and that's an office. I don't go to those anymore. I used to go to my office yeah. before the in the before time. Right, uh, but I love that. I love that opportunity. Let let let's go to Bethia in Apollo Beach, Florida. I hope I pronounced your name correct. But Apollo Beach, just outside you of Tampa. Did. Beth- you did. Good deal. Yeah, okay, good. Bethia, you're live on the air. Good deal. Okay, so I'm an esthetician, so I do a lot of facials and skincare. And believe it or not, God has brought so many people to me um, who are hungry to have some type of spiritual guidance. And not all of them are Christians. And I, they allow me to pray with them, though. They'll talk to me. They'll, they'll sit there and first tell me about their skincare problems. And then they continue to talk, and I learn about their family issues or their, you know, their troubles, and God will lead me to pray to, for them, or he'll share with me a verse that he wants me to share with them. I've had people who have cried and just said, thank you uh, for sharing that with me, and I know that has blessed them, and um, and I don't get to build relationships with them because these are just people that come in randomly for birthdays or whatever, but God has still been able to use that, and sometimes he'll use people to bless me. Um, so it's just, I, I always, I never know what God's going to do. And it's, it's such a blessing either way, whether I'm able to share with them or they're able to share with me. Well, you are such a blessing for calling and sharing that. Thank you so much for your call, Bethia. And what a, I mean, I don't know what it is about skincare. That's interesting. You think of sort of the bartender. Now I don't, I don't go to a bar. I'm just saying I've heard, but and then like the, the bartender is sort of like, you know, the, the counselor for everybody, right? Um, you know, think about TV show like Cheers where, you know, everyone comes in and kind of shares their problems. I could see that in some of these other things like what Bethia is talking about or, or, or my, my Courtney, our engineer says, or the hairdresser, right? Great point. I'm getting my, I don't have a hairdresser. I have a barber, but I'm getting my hair barbered this week. And you talk, I mean, that's just part of it. Now those are places where you're sitting with somebody. In other words, my guess is when Bethia is doing a, a facial treatment, that they're talking, you know, so that opens up some doors. I have a friend, uh, Jane, if you Google Jane, the Uber driver, matter of fact, I'll ask Karen Hendren, our producer, just to Google that and link to the article about Jane, the Uber driver. I'll share her in my message tomorrow. Uh, Jane just started driving Uber so she could meet people and get to know them and share the gospel with them. And I love that. So those are, but your job's not so much like that. You're, and again, Bethia's doing, I'm sure she's doing a great job. But there's a conversation that your job conversation has to be out of sight of that. So yeah. where she is a more natural conversation space, how do you seek to engage those conversations? Well, you get and the op- this is Philip, by the way. Yeah, you get the opportunity to to speak about product. You get the opportunity to speak about, you know, um, the service that we offer and things like that in conferences. And, and you sell like insurance. Yeah, we, we sell right. insurance, right? Okay. We, we we sell property and casualty, and then okay. we sell supplemental insurance in North okay. America. Um, so. But we go to a conference and we talk about it, and sometimes you're able – you have the opportunity and the platform to get up because your your office or your, your market has done well, and you're able to share some of the things you do. So in that, I always intertwine my story, who I am, why I'm, why I'm involved with our company, um, and, and a big part of that is the faith that, you know, that Jesus has put in my life. Um, cause, and, and you – how explicit can you be about that? Um, I've never really had any rules given to me mm-hmm. because I, I I won't share one on one personally in the office or or anything like that. You know, it'll be it'll be during 
outside office hours. Yeah, so you meet for coffee or something. Yeah. Right, yeah, something like that. But if you know, if I'm giving an introduction or talking about you know something and and being introduced, I always make sure that part of my faith is put in the introduction. So. Fascinating. Okay, so so part of the faith is there. It opens the door for additional conversations right. yep. as well, which makes a difference. Okay, let's go to to Austin in Allentown. We're kind of moving around the country. Tulsa, Oklahoma, which there is a Tulsa, Alabama, by the way, but not a Tulsa, Alabama. Then down to Tampa area, Austin and Allentown. You are live on the air. Go ahead with your question or your comment. Good afternoon, Ed. Good to speak with you again. Uh, I met you, you at a brother. missions conference. I met you at a missions conference in Greenwood, Indiana. Several years oh, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that was uh, the One Conference with, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was, that One was Mission great, Society, right. One Mission Society. Yeah. Great. Good to um, see you, brother. Well, tell me what your question or your comment is. Well, my comment was that, uh, first of all, I heard your, your uh, guest mention that he was with Chubb. My daughter works for Chubb in Philadelphia. So, you know, a little connection there. Uh, but I had been a pastor for seven years, and for personal reasons, I had to take a leave of absence from the ministry. I got a job working as a root salesman for a bakery, and uh, when they hired me, they said, how do we know, they said, you're overqualified. How do we know that you're going to be, that you're going to stick with us for a while? I said, I can be the best salesman that you have in on your staff here, if you would give me an opportunity. Uh, one of the occasions, I was serving a school in New Jersey. It was early in the morning, and just the ladies that were working in the cafeteria were there. And I walked in, and this one lady said to me, are you a pastor? I thought, how do you know that? It's just amazing. I, and to me, I, I said, Lord, thank you. I, Without my saying a word, evidently something got through to her. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the Lord blessed my work there. Uh, after 23 years, I retired. And... Uh, it was then that the Lord sent me to Russia as a missionary. No and way. That's great. I came back. Yeah. So God can take you in one position and use you for his glory. Uh, I had a lot of interesting relationships there at the bakery. In fact, one of the men who was working there as a salesman is now uh, a pastor in Allentown, and he and I oh. are part of a pastor's group. So, you know, it's exciting to see how God leads and how he He uh, moves you around from one place to another to accomplish his will. Yeah, and, I, and Austin, super great call. Because uh, Thank you for your call. One of the things that I think is interesting about you, Philip, and less so about you and me, Greg, is that you have, uh, you have a master's, and can I say where you've got your MDiv from? You've got a master's of divinity from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, where I have the privilege of teaching and preaching at times. Um, you have moved in and out of what people might call vocational ministry into, I don't know, I don't really like the category secular work, but, but let's just use it for this, which is very much like Paul, yet today it sort of seems like, Greg, if you were to leave your church and you know go be a manager at Home Depot, people would be like, well, what's wrong? And it could just be, God's opened another door because Paul goes in and out of this at, all the time. So, I mean, how do you how do you explain your journey, Greg, as someone in and out of vocational ministry? Philip. Um, oh, my gosh. I don't know why I'm <laughs> looking right at you, calling you Greg. Well, you guys don't even look alike. My God. No. No. Um, you know, the, the term ministry gets tossed around a lot. And, you know, I have a lot of friends who are pastors. They talk about when when someone um, comes forward, you know, they're, they're, calling, they're called into ministry. And, you know, and, and the thing that they talk about so many times is pastoring, missionary, youth pastor, music pastor, something like that. And, and, and the word 
really gets characterized as just being a church word. And, you know, in church, we have all these words that we use that nobody ever understands. But again, it's just seeing your role where you are as, as being the person that God's called you to be being in ministry. Um, so, you know, much like Paul, he was a tent maker, went into the synagogue and spoke, went back to making tents, worked with Lydia at times. When you look at Philip in the New Testament, he uh, he, he understood his role. He was a deacon. He wasn't a pastor, but yet the next place we see him is on the desert road speaking to the Ethiopian and talking to him about Jesus. So it's just about being the person that God's called you to be where you are and not being ashamed of that or not being conflicted with that. Um Understanding that ministry happens anywhere, in, everywhere that your feet's planted. And I know I've said that a lot of times, but that's the key to me. Uh, as believers, the 99% of us who sit under the teaching each week, understanding that our role, wherever we are, is to is to minister as God opens those doors for us. Fascinating. Okay, when, we're going to continue our conversation in just a moment. And what I want to know, is there some sort of qualitative difference, Greg? I'm looking at Greg, and I know it's Greg. It's not Philip. Um, is there some sort of qualitative difference, though, in pastoral ministry or everyone called to the ministry and sent on mission we're going to take your calls as well last time to give us a call 877-548-3675 we're here at bay area community church live in annapolis maryland at the souls missions conference continuing your calls 877-548-3675 in just a moment today's show is pre-recorded so we're not gonna be able to take your great calls but stay tuned this is actually one of our best shows We are back at Stetzer Live. Uh, we're having a conversation with Greg St. Cyr and pastor of Bay Area Community Church, where we are broadcasting live from in Annapolis, Maryland at the Souls Conference. Also here with Philip Helms, who's a business leader and as an executive at executive market director for Chubb International. And all right, having this conversation. So, Greg, uh, you just heard Philip say that, you know, a minister, minister doesn't have to mean pastor. Is there some sort of qualitative difference for that? One of the things that really gets me angry is when we talk about being called to ministry and we're talking about vocational ministry as if every other ministry was somehow second class. Mm -hmm. That gets me absolutely livid. I have to catch myself. Like really angry? You start yelling like and totally stuff like angry. that? Like throwing <laughs> stuff around the office? Okay, I don't know. I have to catch myself because I love global missions. Therefore, I love our global mission partners. And I will tend to say, let me introduce you to one of my heroes and then I'll, uh, I'll introduce one of our global mission partners. Well, the truth is that every person doing God's job in any vocation that God calls them to, that is one of my heroes. Okay, and so what happens if we don't, though? Because what we're doing is we're elevating. You know what? You celebrate, you become. So we're elevating and celebrating global missions. So if we say everyone's doing missions, why are we sending people to Ulaanbaatar in Outer Mongolia? Yeah, well... Here we really need to talk about those who have not heard the gospel, yeah. the unreached peoples, uh, the reality that God is gathering people from every tribe, tongue, and nation, and it is the responsibility of the church to go. Okay, so that's part of the call. Okay, so now, Philip, you've got this weird thing because you—I mean, you're the one who invited me to this missions conference. You're working at a business or an insurance company, yet you're inviting me to come to this missions conference, how are you simultaneously caring about being on mission in your workplace and caring about global missions in your local congregation as a business leader? Uh, you know, it's just a passion of mine to, um, to reach the world as, as you know, I, I shared with you my bio. I believe that we are responsible for reaching the world in our generation. And 
um, a book was written that Greg actually introduced me to a few years ago. And, um, you know, we can't worry about what happened in the past, and, and we're preparing people for the future. But today, in my generation, that I'm responsible for reaching the nations for Christ. And we have that we have that um, tension of, you know, going to work every day, serving in our, in our local workplace, but yet knowing that um, I'm, I'm to reach people where I live, where I work, in, in my neighborhood. And, and as far as going around the world and, and teaching people about Jesus, it's just a part of the passion that I have. It's just, um, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know why uh, God just gave me this passion well, for it. the world. I love it. So you say, yeah. though, that 90% of people feel like second-class spiritual leaders. Why is that? What does it take to give people the confidence to live differently? Yeah, and, and I don't mean that in, in a negative way. I, I think there's a lot of times just people are sitting in, in the um, the chairs or the pews. We could say pews. People yeah. know what you mean, even though most of us have chairs now. <laughs> we just we we see a hierarchy sometimes in Christianity and in, in, in believers, and we see the people who are on the platform or the stage, you know, as as the spiritual leaders. As as and they are, they are leaders, but. Again, we don't understand our role in the kingdom that God has equipped us and gifted us. And he's just as concerned with the person who works at Chick-fil-A as the person who preaches in one of the largest. No, I think Chick-fil-A may not be the best example because everyone at Chick-fil-A. Let's go to Burger King. Let's go to Burger King. I mean, again, I'm a Chick-fil-A guy. Don't misunderstand. Don't send me letters. We love Chick-fil-A. We love, you know, but but the point is, is that even in just a place that isn't even identified with any Christian commitment, the Lord uses that person there in ways that are significant and more. Uh, I think we got time to squeeze in one more call. Let's go to Ray in Claremont, Florida. Florida, which fun fact, um, I used to work at a Burger King in Claremont, Florida. So, Ray, you are live on the air. Go ahead with your question, your comment. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, it's a great program, great subject. And, uh, you know, I appreciate that you guys cut to the chase. <laughs> uh, basically, um, I would say that a person can utilize whatever skill or discipline that they have and people will pick up on what they're saying with the provision that we are truly in Christ, that we are walking um, close to the Lord with humility to the best of our ability. And um, I I suggest to people to study humility like in the, the Maid's Topical and the Concordance, and we find out really how much pride all of us really have. But when that diminishes, what happens, uh, I notice in my own life, and I've been around the block a little bit, I'll be 81 this month. And uh, what happens is that people will intuitively just pick up that there's something different about you. Just like the gentleman said, uh, some people say, are you a pastor? And many people have said that to me. Are you an evangelist, a pastor? There's something they pick up when we examine ourselves and we know that we're walking in righteousness. Not that we're perfect in in that sense, but our mind is focused on being that. Be ye perfect without holiness. You know, no one will see the Lord. That concept. And then whatever we have, like I'm a musician. I've been a musician most of my life. I've been in some businesses. uh, But I notice that when I'm around young children and playing for them, like in a music store or something, all of a sudden the kids, they react. Wow, this guy can, you know, he can play. And then, you know, you help them and you talk to them. Ray, i got about 30 seconds left. i got about 30 seconds left, Ray. And then uh, we can uh, 
bring them in to uh, the subject. You know, you go to church anywhere after you, you know, you have to talk to them and stuff like that. Love it. So we can Love it. So that becomes a that becomes a bridge. But I gotta I gotta jump out, Ray. Thank you so much for your call from Ray for Claremont, Florida as well. Great call. About thirty seconds left. Tell us what should people do in that workplace to represent Jesus. People should just be who God's called them to be. Understand that God loves you. He cares about you. He's giving you a mission field wherever you are. And for you just to step your feet in there and live the life that God's called you to live. Great. Remember, next week we're going to actually hear from uh, John Maxwell and Rob Hoskins. We're going to continue our conversation about representing Jesus in different contexts. To hear today's program again, go to edsetcherlive.org on the Moody Radio app. And as always, Ed Setcher Live is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. We'll talk to you next week. God bless.